0: covering all aspects of milwaukee brewers baseball it's time for brewers extra innings the podcast here is your host matt Pauley.
1: it is time for another edition of brewers extra innings the podcast we are powered by wtmj mobile and my name is matt Pauley. i am your host thanks so much for taking some time with us as we are officially into the baseball offseason now that the World Series has come to an end. Our uh, weekly housekeeping items to take care of before we get into the, uh, the guts of the podcast, I guess you can say. Uh, if you ever want to get in contact with me, if you have comments about the podcast, or if you have... Uh, comments uh, about uh, something like specifically that we talk about in the podcast and you want to comment on it, uh, tweet at me is the best way to uh, get at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Also, if you do uh, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and you want to leave a uh, review and a ranking and all that sort of stuff the way you do it, that would be fantastic, and I would uh, certainly appreciate that. On the show this week, we're going to have our uh, social media conversation with Jim Goulart from BrewerFan.net. He's one of our favorites, and uh, he will uh, come on. Always oh, a good guy to give a little bit of perspective, I think, on things. And It's going to be the first time we've talked to him since the Brewer season has come to an end. We'll have our headlines of the week coming up in a few moments. A very quiet time for the Brewers, but a few uh, small notes to get to. We'll do that, and we'll even go down on the farm this week as... The uh, Arizona Fall League has their All-Star Game, and uh, there were a couple of uh, Brewers players that were uh, involved in that. Brewers organizational players would probably be the better way to say that, but you get the idea. I want to start off, though, with the World Series, because I feel like the World Series does have a connection to hope of Brewers fans for multiple reasons. First off, uh, you look at the Brewers general manager and David Stearns. Where did he come from? He came from Houston. He was part of that group that really uh, built that thing up there uh, in Houston. So that's the first thing. Second thing is Houston went through a full rebuild to do this. And I think you can look at some teams that have won the World Series in recent years and see them being potentially on the same kind of path that we expect the Brewers to continue to be on. You know, people always want to want to compare the Brewers to the Cubs because the Cubs did go through a rebuild. But I've never been a fan of that comparison. And the reason I have not been a fan of that comparison is because, yeah, the, the Cubs tore it down. Yeah, the Cubs invested in their farm system, and, and they uh, th- they really created a core from their farm system. But to me, that's where the analogy kind of ends because I always say this. they They print money at the corner of Clark and Addison the the cubs have as much money as they want to have to be able to spend so they got to a certain point in kind of the maturation and then i think that's where the analogy ends between brewers and cubs i think the better analogous teams are the kansas city royals who made it to two uh, you know made it to back-to-back world series and won one of them and now the houston astros because these are teams that went through full-scale rebuilds Spent a little bit of money in free agency, spent a little bit of money in in acquiring talent. I mean, you look at the Justin Verlander deal this year for the Astros. They had to give up some good minor league talent, and they took on a fair amount of salary as well. But I believe that the Milwaukee Brewers will be able to do the same thing. If 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 the Brewers are a player away from a World Series championship, and it's going to require them taking on some salary— and taking on a contract at the August 31st deadline the way the Astros did it this year, I absolutely believe that Mark Atanasio will allow that to happen and that they will go spend that money. Now, are they going to go spend gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of money the way the Cubs potentially can and will? No, that's not going to be something that they do. But as the Brewers do continue to improve, I think we'll see the payroll go up and I think we'll see them be more aggressive the question is, at what point does that really happen? I mean, it's a team that just just almost got to the postseason. They were the best team in baseball from a record standpoint that was left out of the postseason. They are close, but they're also playing in a division that has the Cubs, a division that has uh, the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, Cardinals have missed the postseason two years in a row. We've watched what St. Louis has done for all these years. You don't expect them to continue to miss the postseason. The Pirates are can be a dangerous team. The Reds are going to get better, you would think. That's a good core that they have in Cincinnati. So it's a, it's a tough division to play in, but you look at what, ha- what just happened with Houston, you look at what happened with Kansas City, and I think that gives you hope. Hope as a Brewers fan of why the Brewers are on the right track. Now at some point they do have to pivot a little bit. That happened in Kansas City. They made some moves in free agency, they made some trades, went out and got some guys when they were just about there. We saw that with the Houston Astros. There, there is a point where you pivot from acquiring talent to getting talent to win now. But you, you essentially have to be at the championship level. The the Royals didn't do that to go win a wild card. The Astros didn't do that to, you know, be get to the ALDS and lose in five games or something. These teams are doing these things uh the the ones that have gone through a full rebuild and have uh, financial limitations. These teams go out and and make those kind of big moves for the organization when they feel like it gets them truly right next to a championship. And uh, they were right in Kansas City, and they were right in Houston with Justin Verlander. And at some point, you hope that the Brewers will have – one of those kind of decisions to make all right again here on the program today we are going to have uh, jim goulart from brewerfan.net we're going to give you an update on some uh, brewers organizational players in the arizona fall league but before we get to any of that it is time for this week's headlines of the week
0: it doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter there's always news about the brewers let's look back at the week that was with matt's headlines of the week
1: the Brewers make two moves this past week, clearing two spots on the 40-man roster. Uh, essentially, they are sending these players to A Colorado Springs, so they're being designated for assignment uh, is what the terminology uh, would be, uh, at least inside of the season. But they're being sent to Triple A, and we'll see whether or not they accept those assignments. If not, they become a free agent. One person is someone who has been a big part of, of the uh, Brewers for the last two years, and that is relief pitcher Carlos Torres. Now, two years ago, Carlos Torres was really, really good when uh, he had a sub-3 ERA. Uh, But this past year... Uh, It was not as good. In fact, he struggled to a plus-4 ERA this past year. So his spot on the 40-man roster has been uh, given out. He was due for arbitration. Now that he's not on the 40-man roster, he will not go to arbitration. And his question at this point is whether or not to accept the assignment and go and be a AAA player going into next season with the idea that uh, he can uh, try to uh, earn his way back onto the 40-man roster or he can elect free agency. I would think he's going to elect free agency. He has been a Major League Baseball player for quite some time. And if he doesn't find anything, he always would have the option, I guess, to call up the Brewers and say, hey, if you still want me in the organization, I'm willing to sign a minor league contract. The other player is outfielder Quentin Barry. Uh, he was signed late in the season last year, and he was given a 40-man roster spot, just really more than anything else to be a base running specialist, steal some bases, come in as a pinch runner. Uh, you see that sometimes at the end of the year. He's he. He gets called up from or he gets signed out of independent ball last year. So he technically goes on to the Colorado Springs roster. We'll see if the organization is even uh, interested in keeping him in the organization. Uh, But uh, right now he's a AAA. You would think he would accept that assignment if the Brewers, and I don't know why the Brewers would send him there if they don't have the thought of keeping him in the organization. But uh, AAA baseball inside of an organization that has had you on the major league roster is more valuable than being back in independent ball. From a minor league signing standpoint, and we don't always hit all the minor league signings. There's a bunch of them. But a fan favorite and somebody that really everybody enjoys, right-handed pitcher Tim Dillard, he announced this past week that he is going to remain in the Brewers organization. He has been at AAA for the last few years. He is probably most well known uh, for his uh, Twitter act antics and his uh, dub smash videos. He's just—he's a great guy. Uh, I was around him uh, when I was working in AAA ball, and uh, he's somebody who's perfect for that clubhouse. You know, not not a coach, but somebody who really provides a veteran AAA presence. And I can tell you, he'd love to pitch in the big leagues once again, but he's also. I think very happy to be a leader at AAA. So he'll be back in the organization, and uh, that is a good thing as well. And just from a uh, from a rumor standpoint, not that we really touch on rumors too often, but there was a report this past week on the MLB Trade Rumors website that had uh, the Brewers going strong after Cubs free agent pitcher Jake Arrieta. I'd love to see that happen. and uh, We just talked about the Brewers being able to potentially uh, spend more money. I absolutely would love to see that happen. But, man, Arietta's going to have a pretty big price tag on him. I have a hard time uh, thinking that if uh, it gets into kind of a financial war that uh, they're going to be able to outbid other teams. Now, he would have the familiarity of the National League Central and uh, familiarity of just being in the general region, having uh, been playing uh, just down the road in Chicago. But all that being said, until there's a press conference with Jake Arrieta wearing a Brewer's jersey and him signing a contract... I'm going to have a hard time believing that uh, the Brewers are really going to be a team that can financially make that happen. Those are this week's headlines of the week.
0: After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now
1: brewers extra into the podcast is powered by wtmj mobile it is time for our social media conversation we're very happy to welcome back onto the program he is uh the link reporter top minor league guy he does all kinds of other stuff as well over at uh, brewerfan.net you can follow him on twitter at mass underscore haas his name's jim Gular. jim great to talk to you how are you doing I'm doing fine, Matt. How are you? I am good. I'm glad to talk to you. I believe this is the first time we have spoken since uh, the Brewers' season has come to an end. I'm going to start you off with basically the question I've asked everybody in this segment and all the shows we've done here uh, since the Brewers' season did officially end. As you've taken some time to kind of reflect back on the Brewers' 2017 season, and now that it's over, what 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 really jumps out at you about the season?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, let's just say first of all, thank you Milwaukee Brewers uh, for uh, much more than anybody anticipated. Um, Really coming out of the gate, let's set aside week one. Everything after week one was um, just fun, exciting. Lots of uh, keeping us on the edge of our seats. Um, Never going into too big a Lost run, including uh, except for the uh, you know, that, that little post All Star game week, but even bounced back from that. I think on your shows and your podcasts, you've recounted just a month by month record of the club, and it was just enough to when you put it all together. Wow, eighty six wins, and um, what what a joy ride in terms of uh, just keeping us going to the final weekend. For me personally, I think it, it just. Fragmented just in a tough way with Jimmy Nelson injury and the what-ifs. Um, that's the taste that's left in my mouth since the end of the season. And uh, whatever happened on that Saturday, the final Saturday, losing the 6-0 lead in St. Louis, what might have happened if the Rockies had known the Brewers had won. We can play the what-if game all season long, but just the fact that we were able to... Um, is is fun and I'll, I'll talk about nelson a bit more you know a little bit later in this discussion because i i think it's just such a a big, big piece of a topic but um certainly it was for me it was a big thank you to the brewers
1: was um are the expectations for next year different because of how they played this year
2: absolutely and it's gonna focus a lot on what happens this hot stove season it's, it's really so wide open, but if you picture Mark Adonazio, you know, sitting there in 2016 and watching his 73-win team, which exceeded expectations, and so in his mind, I think he's looking at 2018 as what 2017 turned out to be, so it just, it just jumped everything up by at least a year, a year and a half, in terms of now, wow, we finished I say we, but uh, the Brewers finished one game out of the wild card tie situation. And then you've got, looking into this coming year, a wide open salary structure, uh, free agents uh, that's not quite what next year is going to be, but still plenty to choose from. And now you've got a taste of it. The, the managerial and coaching staff, a taste of it. The ownership, a taste of a pennant race again. Ticket sales are going to be well up for next year. Um, that's always the boost you get when you come off of a uh, successful season. So expectations absolutely will be raised, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm preparing myself for a, a little settlement if need be, a little you know regression. I hope that's not the case, but we really need to have that same question asked on, let's say when for state spring training, because, Matt, we know there's going to be changes and could be possibly significant ones between now and, and, you know, first week in February.
1: When I look at this roster, I say... They obviously need some help at starting pitching. We don't know who the second baseman is, and they got to you know recreate some depth in, in the bullpen. We don't know what's going to happen if they're going to be able to bring back Anthony Swarczak. Uh, we know that Carlos Torres, in all likelihood, won't be part of it. He was uh, taken off the 40-man roster, so uh, his future with the organization, uh, at best, it's murky. At worst, he's done, and I don't think many Brewers fans are going to be upset about that. But uh, those three areas, starting pitching, relief pitching, second base, are those the uh, – do you agree those are areas of Need or would you uh, refine that or add to that anymore?
2: Well, I, you know, I mean, they got to sort out what's going on behind the plate beyond Manny Pena as well. I think um, you want Manny Pena to be a maybe a ninety to one hundred game catcher and not necessarily a hundred and twenty game catcher. So we need to make sure that the, you know the team that strengthens that backup situation and, and whether it's going to be. Uh, I, I think there's still 40-man decisions that are going to be made beyond, you know, the the outright of of Carlos Torres that we saw this week. Um, that there's more to get cleaned up there, and, and whether we're going to see, you know, Andrew Susak and Jet Bandy and Steven Vogt all in spring training with, with Manny Pena, I'm not sure. But as far as the rotation, second base, and the relief corps, I think you nailed it. But how many other teams, maybe beyond the Astros, aren't asking similar questions yeah. right now um, in terms of having multiple layers to look at? And that's what makes things so fascinating because you've got trade opportunities. You've got, um, you know, are players going to be tendered contracts in arbitration? Are you going to pick up free agents? Are you going to have kids on the farm that might make a significant jump? So there's really... Um, a whole bunch yet to happen, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it today and project. But yeah, those those areas are certainly the ones that um, merit the most conversation.
1: On the opposite side of that, you have the the outfield, where I, I think you just use the word fascinating. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens <laughs> where. In left field, you assume Braun is back, and then in center field, Brett Phillips obviously did enough in the final month of the season to uh, have consideration there. We know what's happening with Lewis Brinson. Keon Broxton is still on this roster, and Domingo Santana just had a great season. I, there's a chance that one of those guys gets, uh, you know, dealt off for maybe some starting pitching or something like that. But you know, without without removing one of those guys from the organization, Jim, they're going to have some interesting choices to make in the outfield.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I think we have to prepare ourselves for the fact that these this young core that we've started to um, really get enamored with uh, could be split up for any number of reasons. Um, I, I love watching Domingo Santana's, you know, inside-out short swing. Um, it's just a thing of, it became a thing of beauty beyond, like, from May on. Um, his stroke, they, they say, you know, keep the, the that you know in the um, strike zone as long as possible and, and do that. He just has that short punch to right field with power, and he's able to wait on pitches. It's it's really so fun to watch, and at the same time, there's still some cringe withering moments on defense in right field where you go, "Wow, he's not going to be a full time DH at 25." But if the National League were to go to a DH right away. He would certainly be a candidate to maybe spend half or more of his time as the DH. Um, so, what do you sacrifice in terms of getting his glove out there, but still maintaining the bat? Uh, Brett Phillips, super story, love it, but also, uh, you know, he had a very high uh, batting average in balls in play this year. Still had the strikeouts. So when he did hit it, he hit it hard, and he hit it in the right spots. Um, could that be exposed in a second season? I'm sure he got a lot of confidence this year. So that's a factor. We saw what the arm can do. And, you know, you didn't mention Hernan Perez just now, but he's still in the mix. And maybe he's somebody, now that he's arbitration eligible for the first time, Is is that somebody that can be... Um, moved as part of a not uh, not the main person of a deal, but is that somebody who we say thank you very much Renan, you did exactly what you needed to do, but now we have, there's some other options that are available to um, maybe fill in that role a little bit.
1: Yeah, Jim, and not to disagree with you, but to disagree with you a little bit just on kind of the idea, I personally would be shocked if Perez gets moved. Because I just, I watched how much Craig Council loves having a player like, uh, to me, Ernan Perez is the Craig Council player on that 25-man roster more than anybody else. And I know it's David Stearns making moves, not Craig Council, but I, I just have a I have a really hard time believing that they would take Ernan Perez away from a Craig Council managed team.
2: True, and I just... You know, yes, I threw that out there, but you have to throw something out there. They're not yeah. going to. You, you're not going to stand pat to the point where they're only going to fill in at backup catcher. And we've got first base. We know what those two are going to be with Thames uh, and Aguiar, And you know, Sogard is now established as is He's your second base shortstop, third base guy. Well, if you've got a second base shortstop, third base guy in Sogard. Is Perez, only because he can fill in a bit in left field and right field, is, is that necessary? So we'll throw that out there, and we'll see what happens over the course of the season. Maybe I'll I'll revisit that with you in a future conversation. We'll say, hey, remember we did that little tidbit about the Hernan-Perez discussion? But um, I think we just have to prepare for the fact that it's not just going to be free agent signings. I think that uh, this prospect depth. But when you have prospect depth that may be on the cusp of coming up, um, or Mauricio Dubon or something like that, then you're talking about a situation where maybe you can move some of the semi-established guys if you think that there are even brighter lights coming up in the in the in the future and not necessarily deal those prospects. Um, again, we, fascinating is definitely going to be the buzzword. I, I don't think I've anticipated and looked forward to an offseason quite like this um, in, in a long time.
1: And to wait, to your point... So you've got a team that you want to improve upon, and let's just let's focus in on starting pitching for a second because that's generally the most expensive thing out there This is a team that needs to improve starting pitching. they need to bring in some veteran established kind of guys it's not just going to be that the low hanging fruit type of uh you know free agent, so they can try to go get uh a, a top line starting pitcher on the free agent market where you know, even if they punch above their weight, as Mark Atanasio referred to them doing in terms of spending a little bit of extra money, it's hard to see the Milwaukee Brewers going toe to toe financially with the Cubs or the Dodgers or whoever else, or they have the option to try to go pick somebody off uh, another team in, in the trade market. Yeah, you'd love to see them bring a Jake Arietta in just as a free agent. But, Jim, isn't it more likely if they're going to bring in, you know, a true. Top of the rotation kind of pitcher that in all likelihood it comes via a trade. Yeah, I I, I do think so. I do think that
2: the gap between the you know Arietta okay, is a good point, and I know there's been some speculation even by MLB trade rumors um, this week where they they kind of assigned Arietta to the Brewers and projected the one thing I think can happen that with that is the Brewers have never been in a situation to play with the, the opt-out game. And they may be in a situation where they're perfectly comfortable saying, we're going to pay big front-end money for for the first two years and then give a, somebody like a barrietta an, an opt-out clause. But they're perfectly comfortable that if he excels, um, they're saying, well, thank you very much. you the two years you helped us in two years we thought we could compete and if you want to take the onus of those final four years off our hands and, and test the waters again then we're okay with that um of course if things don't go well they're kind of saturated with that that back end but that's an option in terms of like wow this could really happen if um if they use the uh, the opt out clause as a way to kind of appease things on on both ends, because I really think that they're in a situation where they may not be want to tie themselves to a six or seven year deal, but placing an uh, opt out at a point where it's quite likely somebody might leave if they're successful um, could open up that opportunity. Um, just back to Jimmy Nelson for a second. I just thought I'd comment. Because it just left such a soft taste in our stomachs when we when we read things. Um, I I actually pulled it up in front of me here for this conversation. the The actual diagnosis was, you know, um, right rotator cuff strain and partial anterior labrum tear. And we know that there's levels of what that might be, but just those four words, you know, rotator cuff and and labrum tear. I just feel so. Sorry for the young man, um, just on the cusp of, of where he was and, and what he could have brought down the stretch. But how random was it that he barreled that ball to left field, it hit off the wall in such a way that he couldn't just lumber into second base. He had to kind of you know, make his way back and that, that dive. And we could all moan and groan about the DH and that. But just that one random play yeah. and just... We're not hearing it because you're never going to hear it quite them echo the disappointment that they have, but you just know that in the front office and in the manager's office that this hurt much more than even they're letting on and um in terms of just the the impact that it's going to have on this off season in terms of the Starting pitcher search.
1: It's amazing. I mean, he's the slowest guy on the team, and he's I mean, he's taking a big turn at first. He he's so slow he doesn't even take big turns at first. He just tries to he just tries to make it to first and go from there. And, and you're right. And then you know the injury. That's not a baseball injury. That's a football injury. So that's why we you know everything is so up in the air right now, Jim. We have we don't know how long he's going to be out for. I'm sure the Brewers know a little bit more than they're letting on. But this is a very odd injury and maybe he's back at some point next year maybe he never regains the form that he had this past year and uh, i mean if you're if you're david Stearns, don't you almost have to go through this off season like jimmy nelson isn't even on the team yeah i mean teams
2: this teams live for this i mean 2010 second round pick 2014 pacific coast league player of the year on his just the development, the, the, what they invested, the development stage, and the payoff. Oh my goodness! Did the payoff come in two thousand and seventeen? What a joy to watch! And was still our most exciting moments all year with those those fist bumps um, off the off the mound. He was just um, in every every game seemed to be like it was two to one. You know, with Jimmy on the mound and him having to hang on and and go through seven, eight, nine innings at a time. And this is what every organization, they, they always say, oh, the Aces, you know, hardly any Aces are developed. They're all acquired from other clubs through trade. But I, I just want folks to realize that this was, it's just upsetting. It's really what it's been for me, um, just as a Jimmy Nelson fan from the very beginning, and this is what teams strive to do and to have it pulled in the manner that it was. And just like I said, the randomness, I know he's going to work so hard. We've already seen some tweets and comments from, from him, but this was, this was really, really tough. And, uh, we can talk more about how they're going to address the pitching situation, but you know, the Alex Cobbs and the, some of the other names that are out there, that it just, it's not exciting for me at, at this point anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, you're right. There's, the, the exciting players that are on the free agent market, you would think are, and I know everything you just said about uh, Jake Arietta and maybe front loading a contract and putting an opt out in and m- maybe you're right. I think, you know, that's kind of a, I think that's utopian because I think Jake Arrieta is going to go into it saying, Hey, you know what? Not only can I get a deal worth these two years guaranteed up front, but we're going to get that same kind of money over the course of five years. And, you know, if they don't, if that's not out there, then maybe they circle back to the brewers and that would be fantastic if that happens. But you're you're right when saying this team is trying to replace a guy in Jimmy Nelson with potentially somebody who is not exciting, and that's where being more active on the trade market I think makes sense for this team.
2: Yep, um, I think it was oh, one of the minor league um, gurus from from FanGraphs or otherwise this this week was asked, you know, which organization values their prospect. The most and and his comment was the Brewers, which has been fine and dandy. it has served its purpose to get them to where they are right now, but you do have to wonder if they're going to be looking at uh, depth in certain situations, particularly the outfield, and you know really pull the trigger, and then you start to think, well, who are those exciting pitchers that are available? on the trade market because unlike the free agent market, it's not really as clearly defined, is it? I mean, you really have to kind of dig and go into, uh, visit teams that are maybe not built to compete next year, but that do have, um, you know, pitching at the very top that might, you know, equate to an effective number two pitcher because really that's what you're looking to deal for is there's enough Depth there to to fill out the back end of the rotation. It's that Jimmy Nelson spot with the you know two A two B spot in the rotation that is the one to fill, and we'll see how they go about doing it. Um, the Chase Anderson Zach Davies sandwich around that spot um, will suffice for sure, um, but it's it's that. It's that billiardorio, I guess, that you really need to fill, um, to, to fill out the, the full, the full strong rotation.
1: An interesting comment you made about you know a, a scout saying or an executive saying that the Brewers value their prospects more than any other team, and that can be a good thing, but at times that can be a bad thing because you always feel like you're not getting what you deserve for your prospects. To me, I, I always kind of felt that way about the team, but I started to feel a little bit less that way when they made that Swarzak deal, uh, going out and you know putting uh, Ryan Cordell as part of that deal. That was someone who they had valued and had gone out and got. And they went out and used him to kind of get a, you know, Swarczak was really good for the Brewers, but he, his track record was what he had done with the White Sox this past year. It wasn't, he he wasn't this long, established, successful relief pitcher. So you were, it was still a bit of a question mark with him. And they did spend a somewhat top prospect there. So to me, that's a good sign in terms of the team being willing to uh, step away from their prospects if need be.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Cordell was, um, uh, we know he was injured and had missed, you know, some additional development time, um, quite a bit of it, um, in 2017. Um, He was, I think, 25 at the time of the trade, and he was playing a position that was um, really a, a very deep position, although he also had the ability to play a little bit of third base. We'll see how that all ends up for him in his future. So yeah, I'll give you that. But at the same time, I don't think we were all uh, dumbfounded by that deal or upset by it at the time. I think it was um, a starting point. But we'll see if they're willing to. Nobody knows their prospects better than their own prospects better than better than the Brewers. So when they do let somebody go, and eventually they will um, this winter, um, you know, will it be a you know. Um, a Marco Stiplon who um, came over in that Gallardo trade um, from Doug Melvin who had progressed well until this year um, took, a, took a bit of a step back but other other folks see that too so sometimes fans see the numbers but the Brewers see some underlying causes for concern that might allow them to, to move some prospects that we might not be expecting them to move um, it's really a a unique situation because I don't see you know they don't have the veteran talent to really pedal in terms of acquisition mode of these prospects. We are now at the point where these prospects will either be on the cusp of doing some uh, you know making some debuts and doing some special things in the big leagues, as opposed to acquire, 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 and. It's going to be exciting to see because there's not room for everybody, and we know that not everybody, every prospect is going to, uh, you know, ring the bell in the major leagues, and certainly not off the, off the star. That's what makes the fact that you've got such exciting prospects and on the arms with with Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, uh, maybe to a little lesser extent to Luis Ortiz. Let's see what he can do if he can finally show some true health and competitiveness in 2018, but you're not going to get those guys up and running in year one and two, which would be 2018, 19, or even 20. That's where your development stage comes in. Um, we can think about a lot of the young bat across Major League Baseball who excelled kind of off the top this year. This was the year where you know the rookies made the the, the immediate plunges and then you start thinking, well, who were the starting pitchers that came in and dominated as, as rookies uh, not so much. So um, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I think it's going to be again, uh, in terms of uh, prospects, Brewer fans kind of have to shift gears a little bit and be prepared to uh, say goodbye to a couple and we'll see who they are.
1: Conversation continuing with uh, Jim Goulart from BrewerFan.net. Going back to the Chase Anderson deal from last week. uh, Sells out, uh, he gets his arbitration years uh, bought out, and then he uh, basically sells off one of his free agent years potentially on some very club-friendly team options, assuming that he even if he just continues to pitch the way he pitched this past season and doesn't even take a step forward, uh, he would still be a pretty big value based off those numbers that were being thrown out were you at all surprised, maybe not so much buying out the uh, the arbitration years, but were you at all surprised that uh, he gave up a, a team option in what would have been his first year of true free agency?
2: I was just shocked at the absolute absolute gift that his agent gave the Brewers and um, I'm glad he's happy. Uh, I'm glad he's happy with Milwaukee where he was going to be regardless, but it's just what he did was, um, and some other um, folks on the the Brewers blogosphere and, and podcast sphere discussed this um, in in some detail as well. And basically, what he did was he protected himself against just major injury calamity, either this off season or at some point in you know early to mid two thousand eighteen. Otherwise the deal makes little sense from his perspective and the brewers are high-fiving themselves in the front office Um, class guy and I'm really pumped at the progress and excitement that he's shown in terms of uh, what he did in 2017 and the last half of 2016 We, we kinda saw this coming but wow somehow the brewers have done this more often than not they're just one of those teams that, you know, you can say what you want about the Matt Garza thing, bye-bye, Matt, but just no dead money, no bad deals that they just are cringing about. It's just, and this, is, this was robbery, and um, good for the Brewers, and good for Chase that he's uh, a multimillionaire, and, um, but what a, what a team-friendly deal.
1: I want to go to the World Series for just a second and not to really talk about the World Series but what the World Series means to the Brewers because... Uh, the Astros went through a full rebuild, and they, there's obviously some ties because that's where David Stearns came from. I, I opened up with this, and I'll, I'll repeat it very quickly just for you to hear it. People all the time want to make the comparison between the Brewers and the Cubs and what the Cubs do with the rebuild, and I hate that comparison because the Brewers are not going to be able to do what the Cubs do from a financial standpoint. It's just not going to happen. But I think looking at Kansas City uh, and when they got to their back-to-back World Series and the way that they got there through a rebuild – and now, looking even more so at the Astros, and it's an even better example because uh, you do have some ties there with David Stearns having been there. I think that's something that Brewers fans should look at and help even increase the hope that this could be a championship club here at some point over the next, you know, three, four, five, however many years. Do you do you agree? Does does the Astros winning a, a World Series should that should that mean something to Brewers fans in terms of the Brewers' future?
2: It should. I mean, let's be honest, in terms of market size, um, the Astros are a much larger market, but they didn't need that market and equity in order to pull off what they did this year and how they're set up for the future as well. And and they actually missed on a couple of uh, you know top draft picks, so they had a lot of successes, but they didn't necessarily hit on all of them. But they're set up very similarly to what the brewers are trying to do. And now that the brewers have all this um, unused equity that they can really get creative with over the next year or two, um, they don't have to have $180 million um, payroll to, to win as been proven out over the last several years. What's interesting is everybody focuses, once you get to the playoffs, about having all these aces well, let's take a look at, you know, how many aces crumbled in the postseason this year with, with Chris Sale and Corey um I'm, I'm sorry, not um, Corey Kluber, um, it goes on and on, You Darvish and, oh my goodness, uh, just a long list of starters that you were counting on and Severino, I, I mean, I'll just keep pulling names out of a hat, but between the... Madness that was getting your bullpen in into the fifth inning of every game, uh, aka Rich Hill getting pulled over and over. My point being is, is that you can compete and win in the postseason and not necessarily have your, you know, unless you have Madison Bumgarner, um, you can compete as several teams showed this year. Um, it's just, a wild situation where you don't necessarily count on going to the postseason with you know these three horses that are going to carry you all the way. Apparently, that's not how the MLB postseason works anymore, although one of these years somebody's going to figure out, let's go back to that and let's see if it works.
1: Um, before I let you go, and I know you keep a, a pretty close eye on what's going on uh, organizationally and Arizona Fall League is going on. Winter stuff's going on in Venezuela, going on in in the Dominican Republic. Just, you know, very generally, has anything really jumped out at you about uh, some of the Brewers, organizational guys and minor league guys, and how they've been uh, performing uh, in wintertime?
2: Sure. Um, It's been a smaller crew in terms of um, winter ball. We'll see if that picks up here a little bit. We'll get back to detailing more of that on a, a day-to-day basis at BrewerFan. Um, I do have my eye on it. I thought they would have done a little bit more in terms of locking in potential minor league free agents. Um, I know we're not talking about you know the, the, the major names here, but I did think that we'd see some action um, beyond what we have. It's great to have Tim Dillard back, don't get me wrong. But I thought we would see a few of the others who could potentially um, here be targeted by other teams um, shortly. I think Nick Ramirez was a a converted first baseman who posted some fantastic numbers as a left-handed reliever with Biloxi this year. He's going to be a minor league free agent here soon. I thought they might have convinced him with a major league Camp invite or something, not necessarily putting him on the forty man to maintain um, his role, and they still could do that. Um, but there, there's also the fact that you've got minor league free agency coming up, so it's an exciting time. What's going to be the next and last season of AAA for the Colorado Sky Sox, and who are those players who could fill, you know, those ten to twenty game? injury gaps towards the course of next season that could have an impact overall. We saw this year, you know, how many of those 86 wins, how many games could have been 87, 88 if just, um, you know, certain players were available um, to to fill in when needed in, in just the right way. So we've got minor league free agency coming up with incoming players um, who will the Brewers be adding to their 40-man roster? Everybody gets so psyched about the Rule Five, despite its usual relative inconsequence. It's still something to get excited about um, on the last day of the winter meetings. Um, will the Brewers be losing somebody like a like a Nate Orf, who could be the next? they I say it, um, Matt Hernan Perez? Okay, okay. Um, so there's your right-handed bat capable of playing an infield outfield position. So it'll be fun in, on a number of fronts, and I, I know for a fact that um, whether you're a diehard or whether you're um, just somebody trying to add to their brewer knowledge base by saying, hey, Matt Pawley's got this podcast, I'm going to check it out. It doesn't matter if you're a diehard or just a fan who's getting a little more excited because of the, the winning atmosphere now, there are plenty of things to watch between now and and, and spring training that will uh, keep. Uh, our, We're very fortunate to have the, uh, the Brewer Blogosphere that we do, and um, there'll be there'll, there won't be a lot of repetition. There'll be there'll be things to keep things fresh for um, for several weeks here coming going forward.
1: He is Jim Goulart from uh, BrewerFan.net. Check out the website. Always great conversations going on there, so you can kind of extend the conversation we have there. Plus, uh, the nuggets that come out of the forums uh, are, uh, a lot of times they're very interesting. So I uh, encourage people to uh, get to uh, BrewerFan.net. Also encourage you to follow Jim on Twitter, at uh, Mass underscore Haas. That's M-A-S-S underscore H-A-A-S. Jim, it's always great to talk to you. Uh, these are fun conversations for me, and uh, we look forward to doing it again here in the near future.
2: Thank you, sir, and um, I best to you. And enjoy the upcoming holiday season and uh, just enjoy life overall. It's, it's, it's fun to be a Brewer fan, and uh, we'll see what happens during the course of the next several months. <laughs>
0: The future of the Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers minor league affiliates as we go down on the farm. All
1: right, let's go down on the farm, and the Arizona Fall League is continuing their season. It will uh, wrap up here at the end of November, really middle of November. November 18th is the uh, championship game. The uh, Brewers have a number of players who are uh, taking part Uh, in the Arizona Fall League. We did a kind of a rundown of all those players a couple weeks ago. We'll do that again here in a a future uh, podcast. But for now, I'll just mention two individuals who were part of the Arizona Fall League All-Star Game, which was held uh, on uh, this past Saturday. And the Brewers had two players who appeared in the game. First off, Jake Gatewood. Uh, He played the final four innings of the game at first base. He only had one at bat, and he uh, grounded out in that at bat. Uh, Corey Ray started out as the uh, DH. He goes one for three with a single, a walk, two strikeouts, and he also uh, scores a run, and uh, he stole a couple bases as well. So he had a little bit more of a productive day overall than Jake Gatewood. But still, it's quite the honor to have those guys. Yeah, you know, it's it's an honor to be in the Arizona Fall League, period, from a prospect status. It's even you know, you're the you're the best of the best prospects when you're being chosen for the Arizona Fall League All-Star Game, so that's pretty cool. And that is going to do it for this week's edition of Brewer's X Journeys, the Podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. Again, if you do listen to the show on Apple Podcast, would appreciate if you could uh, leave us a review. That helps us out. Also, if you ever want to get in contact with me, feel free to tweet at me at Matt Polly on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air if you don't follow me on twitter i appreciate uh, all follows as uh, well kind of a a shameless plug here Uh, i'll be uh, back doing brewers weekly coming up uh, this thursday that is uh, thursday the 9th uh, on the air on 620 wtmj i'm a little bit hit or miss here for the next few months on uh, doing that program as i also uh, broadcast Uh, green bay phoenix women's basketball and they play a lot of their games on thursday they do not have a game this thursday so i'm very happy to be able to be uh, back doing that show coming up this thursday as uh, we'll talk all things uh, brewers and that's if you listen in uh, from eight o'clock to nine o'clock on thursday night an opportunity to uh, call in and talk some brewers as well so uh, that's gonna be coming up if you uh, listen in coming up thursday evening if you are somebody who listens uh, to the podcast from outside of wisconsin you can also uh, stream the show 8 to 9 central at wtmj.com or on your smartphone there is the wtmj app all right that's gonna do it for uh, the program this week thanks so much for being tuned in we'll talk to you again next week with another edition of brewers X innings the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks
0: for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.